0: Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the Last Line Soccer Podcast, presented to you by Prom Focus Goalkeeping and the Beautiful Game Network. We want to take some time, real quick, to thank our sponsors for everything they do for us. Prime Focus Goalkeeping is a brand dedicated to bringing goalkeepers of all ages top quality gloves and apparel, as well as educational goalkeeping content via our social media pages at Prime Focus GK and YouTube channel the Prime Focus Goalkeeping channel, as well as plenty of interviews on our blog, which you can check out on our website at www.primefocusgoalkeeping.com. We also need to thank the Beautiful Game Network for giving us a platform to reach more soccer fans and talk with more great soccer minds. Check out the website www.bgn.fm for more great podcasts and written content. Really excited about the show tonight. We've got a good group of podcasters that are here to talk nothing but USL Goalkeeper of the Year awards. So, without further ado, let's get the show started. Let's just start out by introducing everybody uh, to see <laughs> who's on the podcast today. So, I know we're all, you all should be visible faces around the community, but uh, just let everybody know who you guys are and, you know, what you give a little, little blurb about yourselves and then uh, we'll, we'll get going.
1: Who is. Who wants yeah. to start? Who, who wants to go uh, first? <laughs> yeah. I don't, Let's uh, start with
0: Richard. Let's start with Richard. Yeah, go for it. All right. So I'm Richard
2: Rainwater. Uh, I typically am found on the written side of things, uh, not so much. This is actually my podcast debut. So love that. Get, get excited. Here we go. Uh, typically writing for Indie 11 uh, and kind of covering them on BGN written over there. So you'll also find me on the the Twitters at the safety guy.
0: Nice little Twitter plug in there like that. All right. So up next, we'll we'll go with Evan.
1: Hey, uh, Evan Vallella, you probably know me as host of the USL show and former interviewer of, of yourself, which is nice. Um, Oh God. Uh, started covering Bethlehem steel in their inaugural year in 2016 um inherited the usl show in like december or january of this year and have kind of taken that and made it into something i'm really proud of um do a lot of the the you play we don't player interviews and, and all that fun stuff and obviously just cover the league from a uh, pretty high up view so um at the usl show if you want to check that out i'm sure a lot of people already know what that is but also at speak evan speak for for my personal twitter and, uh, dude, it's always good to talk to you, Brandon, and, and Richard, and, and Dylan, but uh, I I love player perspectives and player podcasts, so it's it's always fun to, to get to talk to someone who actually knows what they're talking about.
0: Well, it's always good to talk to you guys, too. <laughs> you know, you guys have done so much around the league, so I think getting the player perspective, get the perspective from you guys who cover the league, watch the league, and, and then really understand what you're talking about, so I think that's good as well. Yeah. Um, and so we got Dylan. Dylan, yeah, what do you um... got?
3: Yeah. People who aren't qualified to really be talking about stuff. That's that's definitely me. Um, <laughs>
1: just a,
3: a pretty relative newcomer to the game. Um, been doing this for a few months now, um, but been rapidly supporting uh, Orange County for a couple years. So um, yeah, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find the podcast at OCSC underscore SoccerCast, um, or if you want my personal Twitter, which I think is a lot more fun, is at O C S C underscore Dylan.
0: Nice, nice. All right, now we got we got the major players out the way. For anyone who doesn't know, I'm Brandon Miller. Uh, I play in the USL as well as hosting the Last Line Soccer Podcast, which is what we on right now. So I brought you guys on here uh, mainly because it's the end of the season. Our season ended a couple of weeks ago. Playoffs are on, and it's getting towards that time of the year where we got to start talking about awards, award season. Everybody, everybody loves it. Everybody talks about it. So. I wanted to get in depth a little bit with the USL Goalkeeper of the Year Award and see what everybody else's thoughts are on it, because, you know, I have throughout the year follow stats, follow goalkeepers, and see who's really vying for the award, but I want to see what other people's thoughts are and, and what you guys are thinking about the award. So, let's start off a little bit. Uh, do, you, do we know how or who chooses uh, or who votes for the, the
1: USL uh, Awards? So, I know there's a media aspect and and for people that, that don't know how that works, each communications person or department in the league picks an independent member of their market to vote for them. Basically, I guess the idea being that if you just let the communications people in each team do it, you'd end up with like 32 different ballots, and no one would you know win anything really. Right. Um, so I know there's like a media selection for goalkeeper of the year. Um, that being said, in terms of golden glove and golden, I mean, golden boots, easy because it's just all right, this guy scored the most. There you go. Golden glove has been a little weirder because it, I'm not sure what the league seems to value more, whether it's your goals allowed average or your saves or your clean sheets or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, that part's a little murky, and I think that's why there's a little bit of controversy because they haven't just come out and been like, "All right, and here's how we, you know, calculate this, and, and here's why, you know, Evan Newton won this year, for example." Um, but yeah, I mean, there is an independent media aspect of things, but I'm not sure if that factors into the actual stats part of the Golden Gloves themselves.
0: So in terms of the the goalkeeper of the year, do uh, I feel like I remember reading something about like? Part of of it is the fan vote, part of it is the media vote, part of it is um, I'm not really sure, but so does, do you know if the fan vote actually plays a portion into it?
1: You would hope it does, (laughs) like if the the league goes out and says, yeah, we care about your votes, like, you know, uh, yeah, like I I would imagine, like it would be a really unfortunate thing if they said it did and then it totally didn't. but I don't know, in turn, like how it's weighted or anything like that, um, and I don't know if the leagues ever actually specified. Maybe because you know, not too many people care enough to ask or whatever. But
3: they seem to keep a lot of things under wrap. Um, yeah, you know. I would imagine there's probably a, a weighting thing with all of the the votes. Um, I'd imagine that maybe if they're doing that, um, fan votes are are going to be weighted the least compared Ooh. to to media and. Coaches. Whatever other dark magic goes into the, Yeah, probably coaches. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would hope so. I don't,
0: I like, I appreciate the fan boat and I appreciate getting their perspective, but at the mm. same time, FC Cincinnati has a much larger base than right, right. than Toronto FC too. So, right. <laughs> like, you, you, I think you see it every every week throughout the season with like goal of the week, save of the right, week. Like, right. I, I look at save of the week every week and I'm like, that person is, definitely has it. And then, you know two three days later it just is who goes on and votes who puts it on their social media and is like right. hey you know vote for me like so sort of, i feel like it's the same way with goalkeeper of the year like you can vote for who you want to win goalkeeper of the year but that doesn't mean it's the person who deserves to win goalkeeper of the year and so yeah. I, I mean i as much as i love the fans and love love their input i don't really i don't really value their vote going towards a, a decision
3: making process for goalkeeper of the year i'm not mm-hmm. sure how you guys feel about that I think that's pretty fair. Um, I mean, really, anytime it's oh, vote for your goal of the week and, like, Ledesma is there or um, Danny Koenig is there, um, it's always them winning. You just have so many more fans, really, like, double the fans in Cincinnati than you do at any other um, team around the league. So it, it's almost kind of annoying knowing that, like, oh, hey, we've got this player and he scored this really awesome goal or he made this really awesome save but some guy from Cincinnati did something too. So <laughs> at the same time, it's like, yeah, we're not getting anything out of this um, other than you know some recondition. Maybe some people will watch the video and see. Um, so that's why I imagine it's probably weighted. And, and if it comes down to, oh, look, thirty or 40,000 people voted for this, but they're all from Cincinnati, Like that, that should, and I imagine, is probably a little bit less uh, important to the league than for some reason... 5,000 people voting for a Toronto FC save for a Toronto FC goal.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, Richard, go ahead. I was just going to say, I've
2: always been a bigger fan of the separate fan awards for that very reason. You know, you can have the, the league issues theirs, um, you know, especially with some of the year-end awards. And then you always have those fan-based awards where it's posted mostly online. It's a simple online poll. Um, because, you know, as we've kind of went around and round about, you know, that, you know, the Cincinnati curse is going to strike, but that way we get that out of the way. But the official Mm -hmm. league awards, the ones that get put on the Wikipedia pages, you know, those you can tell have been much more filtered and kind of go there. So yeah, having those separate fan awards and the, and the league awards, I think, uh, is probably the best way to do it.
0: Yeah, I agree with that 100. percent And I want to make a disclaimer real quick. Um, the Last Line Soccer Podcast does not hate FC Cincinnati whatsoever <laughs> or its fans. All right, I don't want any any of the fans listening to this, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the Twitter, Instagram, whatever is getting flooded with hate mail from FC Cincinnati fans. All right, we were just using them as an example. Could happen with any club. I mean to
1: okay. to cover to cover your tracks or to to maybe make nice a little bit. I think it was last year the year before there was like a, a weird san antonio fc had a bot that was voting gate or something
3: <laughs> and like they that.
1: they would win every fan vote uh so you know it's it's uh, not just the Cincy thing it's it's you know by and large like the team with them with the biggest market that draws the biggest attendance has a leg up when it comes to to fan vote because i think nine out of ten people aren't gonna go oh well you know that bicycle kick was clearly better than you know that guy that i see play every other weekend or whatever so
0: right and i think that goes in your fan base and the market and the organization i think goes into a little bit unconsciously at at sometimes when when awards come around so that's something i want to discuss a little bit later but uh i wrote an article recently not sure if you guys read it uh about basically breaking down how the goalkeeper of the year award is chosen? Um, you know, different stats, save percentage, saves, uh, shutouts, um, just so all those different stats. How, what goes into it? Golden Boot race. So, what what would you say you guys value the most in terms of, of goalkeeper of the year, in, or in choosing that? Oh, uh, I
1: don't want to go first.
0: <laughs> I stumped them. <laughs> I think uh, probably save
2: percentage you know, you, you gotta judge them based on kind of what they face. You know, there's a lot of caveats with goalkeeping that aren't there for other positions. So, you know, if he has a leaky back line and is consistently facing shots, you know, obviously he's going to let in more goals, but I've always kind of looked at save percentage first as a good indicator of, all right, you know, they may be facing more shots, which is why the save number is up, but the save percentage is, you know, kind of a good
0: indicator. Okay. Okay. Evan, what you got?
1: Uh, so it, it's funny. And like, I, I think the USL is a little unique in that, you know, we have two teams. And I think a lot of times for those keepers, communicating with your back line is like bigger than anything else. Just because you know that that back line could change week in week out, um, a part of me really values clean sheets, but I also understand how people think that that's not really, I don't know, indicative of a gold. Uh, you know, a, a good goalkeeper. Just because you have teams like you know Rochester historically or Pittsburgh now or um, you know Nashville who are just very solid defensively, so if the goalkeeper's not seeing a lot of work, then of course he's going to get a clean sheet. Um, Yeah, you know, save percentage is always a nice one, Um, and then I I also think that, you know, with save percentage, you should look at amount of saves, because, I mean, we'll kind of talk about it, but, you know, when was it, 2017, Mitch Hildebrand hit triple digits in saves, and, like, that's insane.
3: Right. So, Dylan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I gotta agree there with Richard. Um, We saw, I mean, if you go back to 2015, where uh, you won it, Brandon, you know, you Played uh, almost 1,900 minutes and uh, goals against 11, which is insane. You made 46 saves in that time period, so you know you've got a a strong defensive line in front of you. And then if we go to like this year and we look at the save leader, um, and uh, Fabian Sertá from Tulsa, 125 Mm. saves facing 189 shots, so he did let in 64. So um, rather than saying that there's really one feature that lets or uh, One statistic to to make that decision of if who gets the goal. I'd say um, clean sheets is a big part of it, but maybe uh, save percentage as well, um, and and factoring in pretty much how many shots you're taking into uh, how many you're making. Right. I'd, I'd have to. Like, I wrote the article, obviously,
0: um, and you know I look at these stats all the time, and I think save percentage is one of the the ones that i value the most but uh, again it's still one that doesn't tell the whole picture like richard's uh, like you can some some you can't uh, really gauge the value of a shot or like how the quality of a shot um just based off save percentage so if there's three flying into the upper 90 and those are the only three shots i saw that's a bit different than someone who's getting five or six shots right at them so it, it's hard to tell obviously with goalkeeper of the year um they're not just using one stat they're using multiple stats um so i kind of want to talk about the golden boot before, or the golden glove before we get to you know goalkeeper of the year this year and how, how we're gonna break that down so it, it i know there's a lot of there's a lot of controversy or a lot of misunderstanding the difference between the golden glove and goalkeeper of the year mm. Uh Cause I I've seen it a lot on social media lately. I've seen it before in past years. I think it's a little bit because if you look at the world cup, they give out the golden glove to the best goalkeeper in the tournament. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so that's where why people translate that over to the USL. They're giving out the golden glove and they're thinking, Oh, that's goalkeeper of the year. Mm -hmm. When (laughs) in fact, I mean, it's a goalkeeper who's had a great season, but it's not the overall goalkeeper of the year. Right. Um, so I Evan, I know you had some thoughts on on the goalkeeper of the year this year, or the sorry, the Golden Boot that, or Golden Glove this year. Really yeah, struggling.
1: it's. I mean, it's fine. They're both golden, and no one seems. It's you know, Golden Ball maybe should go to the top goal scorer just to keep it easy. I don't know. Whatever. More free marketing advice for the league. The, <laughs> um, no, it, like, and I I get where the confusion is, and and you know, like the the difference is such a. Like a thing that again, I think a lot of people that are casual fans or new fans or even that just you know like look at it at a glance and you see you know your your Golden Glove goalkeeper for twenty eighteen is is this guy you know like it's it's Evan Newton or you know last year it was Diego Restrepo and blah 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 and you go okay well that means that guy was the best goalkeeper that year and like the difference is the Golden Glove is kind of like the USL recognition of excellence for goalkeepers, but just a nicer way to say that. Um, Whereas I think the goalkeeper of the year is the independent vote and the fan vote and, you know, more of a, let's open it up to everybody and see who a combination of fans and coaches and probably other players and, and, you know, media members think is the best keeper of the year. So like the golden glove, I think is more the league recognizing, you know, for, for whatever reason, their top goalkeeper, you know, specifically, and then the goalkeeper of the year award, which comes out at the end of the playoffs or, or the week before the final um, is more of a, you know, wide scale. Here is who everyone thinks, you know, would be their number one if they had to pick a keeper kind of quick side note. When do yeah. the
0: awards come out?
1: It's a great question. Last year, they like spread them out through the playoffs because
0: so I remember in, in 2015 we didn't find out
1: until after everything was yeah done. I, I'm pretty sure last year they like staggered it um and I think it was like the golden glove came out first and then it was rookie of the year and then I think it was coach of the year and then it was player of the year or something along those lines um, but I don't remember the time frame for that. And apparently they're doing that again because if you wanted to do, and obviously it's a weird momentum thing, probably. But if you wanted to do, you know, your end of the season awards, you could have released those, you know, what Wednesday of last week or something.
0: Yeah, that's not, what I never really understood is the awards. The awards are for the regular season. They don't. I
1: right. assume
0: that they don't. They don't take into account playoffs statistics. No, because the, so...
1: the the like media voting finished um last friday right so so. like everything's figured out by now i i wonder if it's just a a calculating kind of thing
0: interesting so golden glove strictly a statistic thing strictly goals against average and i sent a message to the league asking um what was the criteria in terms of how many minutes how many games you have to play in order to be eligible for it and they got back to me really quickly, said 50% of the minutes. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? 50% of the minutes of your team's overall minutes is what you have to play in order to be eligible for the Golden Glove.
2: I can understand it with the two teams in the league because you're having such a high rate of rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I heard I hear it on the USL show all the time uh, where there's certain... Two team fans that don't even recognize this goalkeeper or that, you know, for for certain playoff games. Like, wait a minute, who who is this? Who is this kid that we just drafted out of high school? Uh, And and so it, it makes sense, but it's also a really low bar. And you end up with a situation where, like this year, the argument could be made that Matt Pickens was, you know, far more impressive with his goals against average when you consider the fact that he played more games. And, and then you have Evan Newton, who had a fantastic year. He was great in goal, but he didn't even start the playoff game, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So he was kind of being rotated in and out. And so his his goals against average appears to be a little artificially low. So I think that's one area, maybe 50% is a bit too low. Um, but as long as two teams in the league, it's probably going to stay around that around that area to account for them.
3: Yeah, if we look at, um, at uh, Newton's minutes played, I mean, he's right at uh, eighteen hundred come the end of the season. And if we look at that with Pickens um, played eleven hundred more minutes than him, if we go over to the West, we look at Josh Cohen, who played uh, almost thirty two hundred minutes. It's kind of crazy to think that 50 percent of the minutes is, is enough. Um, with the two teams, it does make sense because of that that rotation, um, and it was strange that Cincinnati basically rotated their uh, their goalkeepers as well. Granted, obviously having two really good goalkeepers makes that a pretty fair assumption. and um, almost seems a bit like a tryout for for who's going to go up with the MLS with them. But it is strange um, to have him be basically five 750 a thousand minutes less than everyone else who who could realistically be considered for the uh, for the award in evan
0: newton's defense um i'm pretty sure he was dealing with injuries uh like i'm pretty sure he had a stranglehold on the starting job and then injury started he started dealing with that stuff and then you know that combined with richie coming in and playing well um it's kind of hard to make changes, I'm, I'm sure, but I don't have obviously all the information there. But I, I would agree. Um, I don't. I don't think I'll ever compare 17 games someone's played to 34 games someone's played. Um, and so, 50% for me is pretty low. Uh, but at the same time, I played 75% when I won the when I won the award. So it's like, where do we where do we draw the line? What Ooh. is acceptable? for for you guys what's acceptable for the rest of the fans, the league, like what, what would make things more even? Is are we looking at eighty percent? Are we looking at uh, you know, sixty percent? I mean, we're at a thirty four game season right now, yep. I think it is. So I mean, where's the cutoff? Twenty five games, you know, thirty games. I mean, you would get to a point where we're cutting out a lot of the people in the league who who've Actually had good seasons, and for one one reason or another, I mean, you look at you look at Dan Lynn, um, who's in a, who's in a Bob Lilly system. I played in a Bob Lilly system before. Nothing, there's nothing <laughs> you can do um, about playing time. I mean, I can I would in 2015 I was yes. playing well three straight games, and then you there's rotation, not because you're not playing well, it's simply because that's the way he likes it. And so, like, if you're in that system where you're playing, you I think Dan played like. 25, 26 games this year. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that due to injury. He got injured but, at the wrong time. But yeah. still, it's he's not playing. He's never going to play 34 games because that's just not the coach that he plays for. And yeah. so, do we punish somebody like that for just simply being in a system? Like you can't go to Bob and say, "Hey, I'm trying to win the win the Golden Golden <laughs> Glove. So right. could you throw me throw me in these last three games of the season?" Um, so it, it's tough to say. I don't think we can. I mean, the rule is the way it is, and so that's why it's chosen. So, I mean, I think this year, just like any other year, you know, they won the the Golden Glove. Hats off to them because, I mean, Evan Newton did have a great season. Mm -hmm. Um, And if he hadn't got injured, I think he's definitely in the conversation for goalkeeper of the year. So, now I want to switch gears a little bit, and let, I want to get some some hard opinions out of you guys. So, I don't know who wants to go first, but I want to hear top three finalists for Goalkeeper of the Year.
1: Oh, God. Oof. Oh, man. This, this like, year?
0: This year, yeah. It sounds like uh, Evan wants to go first. Oh, God. Um, and, uh, and why. We want to know why. And why. want wow. to know why.
1: Um, the people want to know why. I can, I can try to provide a why. Um I think luckily, I think I have my three, so that'll that'll work out um obviously, I think the two that come to my well okay, so the guy that i I voted for for Keeper of the year uh was Matt pickens um because you know a he played i think every game for them, just about um and put up you know like a what point nine five i think goals allowed average and like you know. Uh, he's produced so long and so at such a high level, and for him to go to Nashville at 36, which is you know old for a keeper even, um, and to still produce really well. I mean, that's a guy with with really solid numbers. Um, was a veteran presence, and I, I really don't think if they had anybody else back there, um, that they would have been the second best defense in the, in the league. Uh, just because I think not only is he a very strong keeper in terms of his ability to save shots and everything, um, but he's also very good at controlling his backline and being, you know, a, a vocal leader that way. So, um, Matt's definitely up there for me. I think. Okay, hold on, hold on. I,
0: yeah, want, yeah. I want to. I want to stop you there. Okay. So, quick question: Did yeah. you vote on Matt Pickens because of his his career or because of his season?
1: No, his season. Okay. Yeah, okay. no, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't a legacy thing. Obviously, that doesn't hurt that he's, you know, been around for so long, and there's a little bit of romanticism there, I guess. But I mean, you look at his stats uh, this year alone compared to everybody else, and you're like, you know, wow, he he really put up good numbers. Um, okay. Who else you got? Guy, uh, we already talked about him. You you just mentioned him, Dan Lynn from the Riverhounds. I know. He's in a Bob Lilly system, like you said, and that's a weird one, just because there's, you know, he rotates goalkeepers like some teams rotate center backs, which is once every, you know, three games or so. Um, you know, really solid. I I, I really do think that those Lilly teams need two really good goalkeepers, and I think Dan Lind was, you know, the number one, like far and away. I think, like you said, and then you know, obviously unfortunate to um go to Bethlehem and get involved in a challenge where he broke one of his his cheekbones and was out for a couple weeks off of that. Um but you know in, in terms of uh, being one of the most valuable keepers in the league, I think I think he's right up there. That's a guy that a lot of people would want to to start a team with for sure.
0: Okay. We got one more.
1: Um I don't want to cop out and put the guy that won it on there, but um you look at what Evan Newton did coming in, and and obviously there were some injuries, but I, I I think you can pretty easily make the case that he's keeper of the year. Obviously, it's a little weird because his his games played weren't um nearly as high as Pickens and were close ish with with Lind, but I I think he put together um a good enough season, and, and like you said, he was he was injured for a bit of it. So I mean, that's another guy where um, I'm not upset that he won the golden gloves. Uh, because I think really what the, the problem that we have with it isn't the guys that win it not deserving it. It's just how they come to that decision maybe.
0: Okay. So your winners Matt Pickens. Those are you, those are your three. We got Matt Pickens, Dan Lynn, and Evan Newton. Alright, solid solid group there. Richard, you wanna you wanna join in there? Who's next? Oof. On the spot. <laughs> No, I mean, Evan did a a great job,
2: um, honestly, you know, not to cop out too much, but that would have been pretty close to about my top three, I think, throughout the year. They really separated themselves as kind of league leaders, um, you know, looking on past those, those folks, um, one goalkeeper that kind of really stood out to me, um, having watched him every match, um you know Owen Vaughan Williams in in Indy not to be too much of a homer um,
0: <laughs> not to be too much of a homer
2: not to be too much of a homer um but you know I mean this was a this was a player that came in um you know kind of out of nowhere uh coming in from the second division in Scotland no one had really heard of him before um and and he really kind of locked it down you know and and there was Towards the top of the list when it comes to clean sheets, number of saves, uh, you know, goals against average was was very very good. Um, but he also had the knack to make those highlight saves um, that kind of saved the game um, and definitely willed the the eleven into the playoffs. They they would not have had that extra game if it had not been for him. Um, but probably I would I would give the Uh, award to Pickens you know the the more games played um, just the crazy good goals against average Um, as someone who saw him play in person you know a a few times through the year that was the one guy that you didn't want to see you know in the in the opposing team so how he organized the line he was a veteran presence and uh, you know his statistics were there I I would say that he would be the goalkeeper of the year
0: all right we got two votes for Pickens
3: um, so Dylan, I'm gonna need you to throw something different out there. <laughs> oh, I I actually uh, I can't do that. Um, yeah, for, in terms of the top, yeah. I would have to say Pickens. Um, just his stats are, I mean, 14 clean sheets, and even away from that, I mean, he had 40 clearances uh, uh, this year. It's it's hard to really pick someone else. Um, playing almost 3,000 minutes is is huge and making such a difference for a team uh, that really kind of. Necessarily didn't necessarily sneak into the playoffs, um, but we're right there, and and not on an impressive uh, goal difference either. Um Blue their goal difference at the end of the season was just 11 goals. So those those 12 clean sheets that he kept, or those 14 clean sheets that he kept, are pretty huge. Um, in terms of two and three, I actually can't differentiate really at all here in between. Uh, and this is my West Coast bias here. Um, Do it but uh, Carl Wozinski and uh, Josh Cohen from Phoenix and Sacramento respectively um, both had pretty similar numbers Um, 13 for uh, Carl and and 12 clean sheets for Josh Um, and and almost uh, almost an exact um, save percentage uh, 77.3 and 77.9 Cohen spent 35 games in goal for Sacramento this year Uh, that's I mean, he spent every minute of the regular season, and then, of course, this past uh, this past match against um, Swope Park in the playoffs. He's had a huge season, so for me, um, a team like that, uh, I think they had the worst goal difference of the top four in the West, and that's saying something because, I mean, Orange County had something around 30 goals, and uh, mm. Phoenix wasn't too far behind that. Even Reno had, I think, pretty close to 20, so um, I think, really, Cohen just based on um, the attacking differences in between uh, Sacramento and, and Phoenix on the other end of the pitch, um, I'd say Cohen probably gets the number two spot for me, and uh, Wyszynski gets the third spot.
1: Thank you for naming Western Conference players, by the way. Yeah, yeah.
3: I was going <laughs> to say there's a bit of an East Coast bias. There here. was
1: an East Coast bias. <laughs> I can't really
3: say that any of our the three keepers we feel well one of only one of them would uh, even meet the minutes criteria, but I can't really say that they uh, necessarily deserve it. Um, mm. Just Wazinski and Cohen were on another level this season. And, uh, I mean, we had Cohen uh, two years ago, and, and he was pretty solid, minus for, for one mistake in the uh, conference semis. But, you know, other than that, he was pretty solid. And I think he was starting in front of you back then, Brandon. Okay. Not to, not to bring so. up any. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he, I mean, Josh. Josh was, a, Josh was a very good keeper uh, in two thousand two thousand sixteen. You, I could see his potential back then, um, and obviously you see it, see it this year. So um, I'm gonna give you guys mine. But first, I have a question. No one's going to name the goalkeeper who broke the record for uh, clean sheets in a season. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Max. I. Um... I'll say I'll say this, and I I think it's funny because both the teams in Ontario are are the same way. Um, I guess. Well, I guess if you look at Toronto FC two from last year um, with with Angelo, but Max, if he isn't as good as he is, that team is not anywhere close to the playoffs, I don't think Um, because Crepeau is. I have a weird soft spot for French Canadian soccer players for whatever reason. Like I'm a, I'm a big Carl. We met fan for no discernible <laughs> reason at all. Um, and I, I keep mentioning that I like him a lot and nothing ever comes of it. So I'll just keep doing it. But, uh, no, I, Max Crapo is, is great. He's been great. I, I think he's a, a former or current impact guy that was on loan or, or might've been on loan at a point to Ottawa. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, that was a team that was trying to find their identity, I think, super early on in the season. But it seemed like, you know, M- Max just went and said, all right, I'm going to do my job and just be as good as I can be between the sticks. And, you know, to get 15 clean sheets, um, you know, that team just didn't give up goals at home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all credit to him. But I I, I don't know. I think away, his away form and, and that team's away form really let him down.
0: So we're really, we're really not even going to put the new record holder for for shutouts in a season. Are you trying top, to like guilt in, me? In the,
1: I, I don't. In do you want me to send him a card in a proof like, I, I
0: just, I it blows my mind. It really does. I didn't. I did not see that coming. Um, That's so no disrespect
2: to things
1: that we think about and the things that you you think about, though. This is fascinating to me. Yeah,
2: I mean, and I think to be fair. Uh, You know, and and again, um, he is at a bit of a disadvantage when it comes to a lot of these awards just simply because, you know, those Canadian teams don't always get as much attention. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that he if there was an award for the sneakily best season, uh, then he would win that hands down Um, just because, you know, when you look up and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, Ottawa Fury had the the record for clean sheets and the in the Hmm. year you don't you don't really think of it they don't get all of the kind of attention and tweets and everything else so that i think subconsciously you know that and my my built-in homerism uh might play a role in in why he doesn't get as much love as maybe he should
0: okay so i'm gonna give you guys i've got four that i think are viable candidates um i know that's more than three is you guys one, is, I, mean, I
1: had to cut mine down and, and just breaking all the rules here I see just just um one can't be you
0: no here's okay it.
1: okay
0: <laughs> i'm gonna give you it's in it's i have four because there's th- there's two scenarios there's one scenario where i think the leak is gonna go with and one scenario that i think should actually happen okay, okay? so i'll start with the the conundrum is evan newton obviously he played 20 games um I mean, save percentage is up there. The the stats are there. It's just the number of minutes he's played. But he won the Golden Glove. So my question for you guys, if you win
3: the Golden Glove, should you automatically be considered for goalkeeper of the year? (laughs) It comes down to this minutes thing, I think, for me. So, I mean, obviously Newton, pretty solid when he's there, but only play 20 games a year. That's, uh, what, two-thirds of the season, I guess? That's pretty rough math, so... No one at me, but um, you're not necessarily, that's not the year. I would say two-thirds is, is too little of a of a uh, Seven, fraction six. for you to, yeah, yeah. A, too little of a sample size for to really say that you had a huge impact on your team. I mean, mm-hmm. we say Krapo had a, an amazing season, and his team had a negative 12 goal difference. So it's like, if you could score a goal, you know, if, if his strikers could score goals, then we'd probably be talking about them because right. they'd be in the playoffs, and, and we'd be seeing that.
0: Granted, they, later
3: stage. they gave up. I think nine goals in their first
0: three games, or something like that. And he didn't play the first three games; he was injured. Um, so during his time, I think they had a, a pretty good uh, goal difference. But mm-hmm. back to the question: Should you automatically be considered in the in the past years? I mean, we look. I think Gomez won at the past two years um, in a Bob Lilly system where he didn't play every single game. I think he still played around. I think he played 75% one year and around 65 the mm-hmm. next year something mm-hmm. like that, a little maybe a little higher. So, yeah. Yeah, and he was he was a finalist for goalkeeper of the year, I believe both years.
1: Yeah. It, and it's it's weird because I think it kind of depends on if you're given a list or not, right? Because if the league gives you a list, of course they're probably going to put the guy that they gave the golden gloves to because I, I think in a in a like, you know, third level deep subliminal way, if they don't, they're kind of like, well, we weren't really right about who was the best keeper. So here's a list of other guys. Um, <laughs> but it'll be interesting, I you know, but it'll be interesting to see because for those those media votes, the only list you're given is for the kids that are eligible for rookie of the year. Okay Just because there's like so there's like so many you know, young kids that put up numbers. And obviously, I mean, everyone this year, for the most part, I think, knew um, Efren Alvarez and, and, you know, a couple of the kids like that. But they don't give you, like, hey, here's everyone who's had, you know, 20 starts in goal this year or whatever, which would be nice. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. So without a list or anything where it's just, you know, here's your goalkeeper of the year pick, it'll be interesting to see kind of what the top three end up being off of that. So... Um, yeah. Should they be in the hunt? Eh, maybe, but you know, I, I don't, I, like yes, there. Are, you know, if the U.S. gave a, a list of four guys, like he'd probably be there.
2: Oh, and it's like I, I can understand why he would be considered, just because he did win a league award. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his number of saves—I mean, in just Newton's specific case—you know, fifty-six on the year ties him for twenty-first in the league uh clean sheets he's at nine there's just so many i think stronger statistical candidates ahead of him that had he played more games i think that his stats would be there and and he would have a right to be considered but the fact that he didn't play those games and other players did and got you know the stats it's it's difficult for me to accept a goalkeeper of the year that's tied for 21st for number of saves
0: Okay so then then my question would be because my rebuttal of that would be I had 46 saves the year I <laughs> won it and then my other my, my other rebuttal would be can we not at 20 games forecast what he would have had at say 32 33 games he's averaging just under 3 saves a game if you give him 10 more games that's another 30 saves that he's made and he's you know at eighty six, eighty five, eighty six saves, similar to a Crepo, similar to a Pickens. Um, so, I mean, I don't think you can actually do that. But I'm saying, like, for he's. We have to. I think we can look at averages as well. He's averaging just under three saves a game, just like a a Pickens who's averaging a little more over three saves a game.
2: No, absolutely, yeah, and that's a really good point. You know, and uh, I, I think looking at him, it it makes. It, it makes sense. I don't, wouldn't have a, a huge issue with him being in the race. Um, I think that we've all, you know, kind of sat here and, and, and looking at him. That he's one of the better, if not one of the best keepers in, in USL. Um, if I were the czar of awards and could choose them for myself, I would probably lean with somebody who had completed more of the schedule. Um, For the goalkeeper of the year, the overall award, Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think that he's he's at least earned some conversation,
0: kind of be in the race. Okay. Well, let me let me continue my list. So we got got Evan Newton. Okay. I there's I just can't fathom a world where you break the league record for shutouts and you're not (laughs) a a finalist. I get it. I get it as a finalist for goalkeeper of the year. So you make me feel bad. Kripo, yeah, I, I mean, if you look at his statistics, he's got he's got I think what nine less saves than Pickens, and he played one less game. Um, he has a seventy three percent save percentage, and he had fifteen shutouts. Now the the difference between for me between him and Pickens is Pickens' team made the playoffs and Kripo's team didn't. You know, I I talked about it in the article a little bit. I think that they're very similar in terms of statistics. It's just that, I think, going beyond statistics, you have to look at where a team's finished, and I think it's hard to give the goalkeeper of the year to someone who didn't make the playoffs, especially when there's someone who has similar statistics whose team isn't in the playoffs. Um, so with that, I have Maxim Kripo in my uh, in my finalist. And last one, well, I've got three and four, obviously. Um, I think Josh Cohen's in there. I think that he, for one, he's played every minute of every game for Sacramento. Um, he's got seventy-eight percent save percentage. He had twelve shutouts on the season, um, and he's second in the league in saves. And it's not even close. Um, no one else broke triple triple digits except for Fabian Cerda. Um So I, I think, as, in terms of overall performance, and I think you have to you have to if you watch all thirty four games, I don't think there's any goalkeeper in the league that gained his team more points than. Uh, Than Josh Cohen. And I think you can look at where his team sits in the table, and I don't think they finish second if he's not in goal. Um, so that's why, for me, I think he has to be in there. But at the same time, Matt Pickens has impressive statistics. Um, his save percentage is up there. He's got 14 shutouts, which also breaks the record. So that's another discussion I, or another question I have. If two people break the same record in the
3: same year, is it as impressive? I'd say it's impressive for the league. I mean, it just means cool. that you've got another, you've got two really strong teams in that situation. But, but uh, the, but then does it really? Difficult. Does the record really
0: hold weight in terms of saying Kripo should win the the award over
3: everyone else because he broke the record when, in fact, two people broke the record? Yeah. I think at that point, it's going to come down to other statistics more than anything. Um, I don't think you could really uh, dispel the the uh, the significance of breaking a record. Um, I think really at that point it's just going to come down to um, those other statistics. If it's going to be save percentage from that point, or, or minutes played, um, or even something else from that point on, kind of
1: a, a tiebreaker, I guess, in a sense. Interesting. Other thoughts? I think a lot of the records. Um have been broken in the last, like, two years or so. Like, you know, obviously uh, what Cam Lancaster did with, with the Golden Boot, putting in, you know, 25. Um, and Ledesma broke the assist record this year, and Crapo break breaks the clean sheet record. I think now that we seem to have settled into a 34-game season, that'll mean a lot more. But I think for kind of all those records to have fallen in the last year or two or even years, um, part of that was just because there was more games for guys to, you know, do that. <laughs> like, you know, in 2013, you didn't have 34 games to put up 25 goals, you know? So it's, I think like now to, to put up 15 clean sheets or, you know, 25 goals in the season is, is huge. And it's going to take a lot for guys to, you know, beat that out. Um But in a way, I think it was just kind of a matter of time before all those, you know, got broken recently. And the quality of play is, is in my opinion, at least a a good bit than what it was. Yeah,
0: I would agree. So I think for me, if I had to pick a winner um, of the four that I gave you, uh, I, I have to go with Josh Cohen. and. Um, reason being that I means statistically he has more saves than anyone that we're considering he has a higher save percentage than anyone that we're considering um, he his team finished second um, his goals against average was lower than Pickens crio um who else were we considering Lynn well you threw you threw Lynn in there um so I think and I think there's just something that has to be said about someone who played every minute of every single game uh, for his team, a team that finished second. So um, that, for me, that that's my reasoning. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think he will win it. I think he should win it, but I don't think he will. Um, and that's why I'm just not sure what the league does, you know, in terms of finalists, if they're going to pick three. I think Pickens is definitely going to be in there. Uh, I don't see a world where they don't pick Kripo just because he broke the record. And, you know, if you've marketed that, since he broke the record, how can you say, you know, he he's done all that, but he's not good enough to be a finalist for goalkeeper of the year. Um, and then I I just don't see how they don't put Newton in there after winning the Golden Boot or the Golden Glove. So uh, yeah. it'll be interesting. We'll see. We'll see what they do. But um, it's always debatable every year. You know, stats. The stats are the stats say one thing, and sometimes play says another thing. Um and it's it's obviously you guys watch a lot of USL. I watch a lot of the USL. You see who the top players are, who the top goalkeepers are. So, I, I mean, this year had, a, I think, had a lot of top performers. I think Wazinski on Phoenix was great. Um, I thought uh, I actually thought Rawls was at the beginning of the year was doing very well. I don't know if he hit injuries or form or whatnot. Uh, you know, had a, had a rough patch there, but I, mean, I thought he was doing well. Um, so there's a lot, of, a lot of keepers in the league that were performing well. Um, so it's just hard at, the, at this time of year to make make a decision on exactly who is the number one. So with that, I want to finish with your picks for the USL Cup finalist and champion.
1: Um, is is this like who who I? Think is going to do it, or like who I would like to watch?
0: I I want to say who you you think will do it, (laughs) who you think is going to be in the final, okay?
1: Um, uh, Louisville Phoenix, um, which apart from those two, I think you know, deserving to get in would just be a really fun game. Um,
0: we we have to watch that game
3: in Louisville.
1: Oh, um, yes, I,
3: yeah, I don't think. Phoenix had that drop off against uh, Vegas. Yeah, because drop point Phoenix there and
1: finished that Third and Louisville finished second. East, so I
3: don't think that's a good. Yeah, we in Louisville,
1: and I think based on of that, Louisville would probably kind of sucks. But <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't control how that works, and I didn't control that Phoenix decided to really end on a bad note. But
0: all right, Richard, who you got?
2: Uh. I'm gonna have uh, Orange County and Louisville City. Uh, I think Orange County looked very impressive against St. Louis. I think that they can carry that on, you know, through the rest of the rest of the table. Um, and Louisville City, uh, you know, they've been here before. Their play shows it. I think that they they know how to navigate the East. And if anybody can go into Knipert and knock off Cincinnati in the playoffs, it's going to be Louisville. Um, and then I. I I would say, you know, it's a difficult kind of toss-up, but, uh, you know, Louisville, I think, will uh, we'll take on the cup for the second year in a row.
0: Interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that one
3: hurts as an Orange County sport. Um, my, my final two actually, exactly mirrored near, near there, Richard, um, Orange County and Louisville, uh, that game will be played, I believe, in Orange County. It would be. Yeah, yes, they, they, the, the, the one more the win, um, and even even on points. But
1: mm-hmm.
3: yeah, I actually had to go the other way with the result, and I was thinking a 2-1 uh,
1: Orange County win. Um, you put a scoreline? You're a monster. What are you doing? I did. You know what?
3: <laughs> Everyone was like, oh, I had to fill out your, your bracket. Unless
1: people specifically ask for scorelines, don't do it. You'll be wrong.
3: Well, you know, at this point, I pretty much assumed sure. uh, Orange County was a... And uh, incapable of holding a clean sheet And I basically <laughs> Predicted a clean sheet for the last five weeks And said alright you know what screw it Like They can't do it anymore and then they go out and surprise me With a a 4-0 against St. Louis
1: um, I mean they got some help can, there yeah, Can they we did. put a
3: little disclaimer on this 4-0 they, the, the
0: red card which was never a red card Not, um, not a red it card helped a bit. <laughs>
3: Great win yeah, no, no, that definitely does. Does. They, they um, deserve to win and at this point I'm thinking, you know what, if they figured it out defensively, even if it is against ten men, all right. I'll give a oh, I'll God. give a score line. I think they could probably hold Louisville, especially uh at home. Okay. All right. Well I think That's total Homer though. I mean, let's be realistic. I'm a I'm along
0: uh I'm along Evan's line. Yeah. I'm thinking Phoenix Louisville. Um I think I, I, you know, obviously I played every team in the East, and I thought Louisville was the best, the best team that we played. Um, however, that's not the game I want to see, but that's the game that I think we'll see. I think, like, like, uh, like Dylan said, I think it's going to be hard for Orange County to keep a shutout against Phoenix, um, yeah. and I think that I think that they've got a lot of firepower and. A good will going this year as, as well as defensively they're pretty solid so that's why I see them coming out of the, out of the West. Also, I haven't seen a lot of Orange County. I'll be honest. Um, it's but, so difficult
3: with so many teams playing
0: so many matches every week. Yeah, I, I literally have to pick what do I think is the most intriguing match this week, and I mean, I, granted, Orange County's been at the top of the table and they've played some some key matchups and some mm-hmm. intriguing games. I just haven't haven't really gotten the time to catch them. But I I mean. I think I think Phoenix Louisville, and I think if you're playing at Louisville, it's going to be tough for any team um, on that field. Uh, not, not not to take anything away from a Louisville team that's very good, but that field just isn't. And I personally, I don't want to watch another final there. I would love um, I would love a final at Cincy. Um I think that would mm-hmm. be great for the league. It would be great. For, I mean, granted, their field's not great either, but it's definitely not on the same level as Louisville um yeah. so I, I would love to see a phoenix phoenix sensi final but I, I don't see that happening so um we'll see i guess we've got uh what we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out well gentlemen i want to thank you guys for coming on the podcast and discussing a little goalkeeping with me um nothing like talking about more and i appreciate you guys taking your time <laughs> out tonight to uh to spend an hour with me yeah no problem my pleasure Brandon. thanks
1: for having me man all right it was a lot of fun.
0: Well, you guys take care. Um hopefully we'll uh, get together again sometime soon, maybe after the after award season and talk about how, how wrong we were or, or hopefully how <laughs> right we were.
1: That's uh I do that every week, so that shouldn't be a problem.
0: <laughs> All right guys, have a good night. You take too. care.